the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So who am I, and why am I here on your radio talking to you about the law? Well, in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. One as a master of the laws of taxation law and the other as a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of my great master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the most beautiful city on the planet. Well, all of us. I'm talking about San Francisco. San Francisco is one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. New York, when it's clean, is one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. London is always one of the most beautiful cities on the planet. Paris is also one of the most beautiful cities on the, on the globe, anywhere in the globe. But for those of us here in the United States on the West Coast, I got to say, San Francisco first, Seattle second, Portland third. <laughs> anyway, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Now, because of my training, my experience, and my lifelong interest in business and economics and the role these philosophies play in our everyday lives of everyday people, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trust, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as I'm proud to share with you each week that sometimes in my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to at least seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who sometimes find themselves as victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that is running rampant in our country today. And as you recall, last week, I shared with you, um, you know, basically what you should do if someone calls threatening to take some kind of adverse action against you, like sending law enforcement to arrest you for not paying your taxes or threatening to shut off your power unless you give them immediate access to your bank account or provide them with some personal identifiable information so they can set up an account for you using your identity on their own and then raid that account. Or something they also like to do is call you and say your favorite grandchild on the planet is in custody for driving while drunk and they need your personal information and your bank account information so they can bail them out. My answer to you is this. Do not give anybody any information. Instead, ask for the person's full name. Uh, Ask for their company ID or badge number. 
ask for a callback number of both that individual and their immediate supervisor and tell them you're going to call them back. And if the call is bogus, they will hang up on you if you are persistent. And, you know, if they are a legit, a legitimate entity, they will be happy to give you this information. And if you have caller ID, jot down the telephone number of the caller, then Look up the real number of the agency or firm yourself and call them yourself to see if the agency or firm is trying to contact you. And uh, if the call was bogus, report the information you gathered to the company because that agency wants to keep track of this because they will have a relationship with law enforcement as they're trying to stamp out this kind of financial elder abuse. And believe me, they target anybody, but they really like elders because sometimes we get confused and we have such, you know, an interest in trying to do the right thing and protect our, especially our grandchildren. Now, today's suggestion is what happens if they contact you via an email instead of a phone call, informing you that you have won something of great value, including the man of your dreams, and that you simply need to click on the link to win the prize. However, no matter how great looking that man picture is, or or that lady's picture, do not click on the link because the sender might be on a fishing expedition, fishing with a PH where your clicking on the link will open up a portal for a Trojan horse to come into your system and take over control of your computer or seek out and steal your personal information on your computer and or your address book with all of your contacts on it and sell that information on the black market. Again, if you think the email is real, All you have to do is open up a new window in your browser and then Google or Bing the name of the firm or the agency and get the information yourself, the contact information, and pick up the phone and call the source to see if they really have the man of your dream wrapped up in a bow waiting for you to come and pick him up. Okay, so. That's our, 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 our background information for seniors to fight off financial elder abuse. So again, I'm coming to you today from my continued voluntary lockdown from my makeshift studios in my home in one of the other great world-class cities of the uh, world, and that is the beautiful city of Oakland. And I come to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide legal advice. Uh, including uh, what I just shared with you. That's not legal advice. That's common sense advice with legal implications. I'll put it like that. Nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with an outline, at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified legal and or financial professional help. Now, I do this because, as I'm known for saying, I believe representing yourself in a legal matter is, especially one dealing with your finances, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And as we know, 
Butter knives do not stand up well against bullets. What's going to happen instead of you, um, you know, winning your over your adversary, they're likely going to beat you. And that is to say your valid claim or defense is going to meet the, and be greeted by the promised land way before you do. So once again, I share with you the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and or finances or the lack thereof more than likely these days, and what you need to to consider to protect your and or your families and or your small businesses and or your employees' uh, health, wealth, and financial related well-being as I understand these concepts in its non-threatening form. Now, as you regular listeners know, for the last few weeks, I've been looking into how the stock market works in general and why it's important for us all to understand that it is completely different and distinct from our overall economy. But nonetheless, prudent knowledge-based investment in the stock market might provide the funds, that is to say, to underwrite one of the three pillars of capitalization. capitalization. Those of us who are human beings will need to fund the approximately 25 years the average healthy American will need to fund in their retirement and perhaps be able to leave a modest financial legacy to our loved ones when we go and meet the people that are, you know, uh, on the other side uh, who have sometimes been sent there early because they took a butter knife to a gunfight so we can rejoin them on the other side. However, what you don't realize is that this show in some locales airs on Friday afternoons and in others on Saturday mornings. However, I usually record the show on Thursdays after the market close. That means that last week's show, the show that aired last week, was recorded before one of my sheroes, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, passed on to a better place. And as such, she wasn't even mentioned in that show. And the reason why, again, as I recorded this show uh, before, she passed away last Friday. So today, I want to share with you how much Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg meant to me as a lawyer, a role model for a lawyer, both on and off the bench. Um, I, I'll just share with you this way. Um, I was born in the 1950s. And so I came of age, uh, um, you know, the same as Justice Ginsburg was starting her life as a, a lawyer. That is to say, I was born in the 50s, the same time as uh, Justice Ginsburg's daughter, Jane, Jane, was born. We're the same age. And when most women of Justice Ginsburg's generation, and that is to say, including my own mother, when they were raised in the 50s, they believed that they needed to focus all of their time and energy on developing their looks and charms uh, with the hope of finding uh, a, a, a well-off man who would take care of them and their children. And, you know, I was raised by a father who thought it was really, really important that I be able to take care of myself. And 
that's because he had a great mom who went through a lot of adversity to make sure that she raised him to be able to take care of himself. And you should know the three of us were the best friends that you could ever imagine. I was best friends with my dad, and I was also best friends with his mother. So Justice Ginsburg's focus on what women needed to have access to to be able to take care of themselves meant a whole lot to me. So when we come back, we're going to pause our discussion on finance and discuss what I consider to be the great lioness of the law, that is to say, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And if you know anything about wildlife, lionesses are the ones that control the wilderness. So we're going to take a short break and I'll see you back on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of our dearly departed, notorious Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, I never met Justice Ginsburg, but like all great people on this planet, Justice Ginsburg's work and work ethic impacted and still impacts upon us all. As I said earlier, I was born in the 1950s and am the same age as Justice Ginsburg's daughter, Jane. Uh, that meant that I came of age in the 1970s when most women of Judge Ginsburg's generation, including my own mother, a very beautiful woman, they were raised to think and believe that we women needed to get by on our looks and charms and to find, hook, and hopefully marry a successful man who would be able to take care of us and our children. And while I think that that's a great idea. Uh, And, you know, it would be great to hope that a wonderful man would come along. My dad urged me to do what I needed to do to be able to care for myself very well, even if Prince Charming got lost or distracted on the way to my door. And he didn't find the glass slipper that I intentionally hid in plain sight. However, men such as my dad in the 1970s were few and far between, as Justice Ginsburg found out to be the case, that even after she did everything right to prepare herself to make an individual contribution to society as both a lawyer, in addition to making a family contribution with the love of her life, her great husband, Marty, who everybody who ever met him thought he was a wonderful person because he was such a friend of his wife and thought of her more than just the beautiful woman that she was when they got together. So let me be real. When I came of age, first my dad and then my husband had to sign off on every important thing that I wanted to do, including opening up my first bank account and any loans that I wanted. Now, you you should know that both of these wonderful men basically did whatever I asked them to do because my dad was always a dear friend and mentor to me. 
And I can say the same about my former spouse while we were together. However, uh, that was not the case for most women in the 70s, which is why Justice Ginsburg's advocacy and jurisprudence means so much to me and my younger sisters who are wedded to me by blood, as well as my sister lawyers and, and those future female lawyers who want to come to practice. You should know that at the start of her career, uh, Justice Ginsburg encountered difficulties in finding employment. In 1960, a Supreme Court Justice Frankfurter rejected Ginsburg's clerkship position due to her gender. She was rejected despite strong recommendations from her law school professors and uh, uh, even the dean of Harvard Law School, uh, um, uh, Dean Sachs, and even the dean of the school that she graduated from, uh, that is to say Columbia Law School. And finally, uh, one of her uh, professors threatened to not send any more of Columbia's studio, uh, students to this particular clerkship unless uh, the judge took Ann Ginsburg as one of his law clerks. And the, the, the judge also, in, I mean, the law professor also said that in case Ginsburg didn't work out, uh, he would provide him with a replacement. <laughs> and it just turns out that uh, Ginsburg, she just thrived in that position uh, and, and learned the, how to analyze the law under the tutelage of a judge. Now, even with that credential, she graduated at the top of her class. She still couldn't get a job, and she ended up having to be a teacher at Rutgers Law School in 1960. And, uh, you know, she really wanted to advocate and, and be a litigator, as, as I really enjoy doing advocating on behalf of my clients and going into court and explaining my client's position to the judge, even if my client's position isn't the best it could be, but at least I have an opportunity to try. And that's what Ginsburg wanted, but she wasn't able to do that initially. So what happened was she had to take a job in academia, and then she also volunteered at the American Civil Liberties Unit, where she worked on helping uh, uh, she co-founded the Women's Rights Project of the American Civil Liberties Union in 1973, and she began as the uh, general counsel to the ACLU. And she worked hard on various cases trying to prove to judges that women were equal to intellectually and in the workplace to men. And she had several victories and she laid the foundation for women such as I to be able to represent clients before courts of law. And she also dealt with tr getting uh, 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 gender-based discrimination raised to a level where she could educate the court about the need to do away with this discrimination that was based on gender. Now, some of you out there are saying that there's a difference between men and women. You know, I know that. I'm a woman. I've had a child. I've been in love. Uh, I know that I'm different from a man. It's not that we want to be men. It's just that we want the opportunity to be able to make an individual contribution, even 
if we are married and we're making a contribution via our spouse, we also have a duty as sentient beings who were put here in the image of God, just as men, to fulfill a role. Sometimes having children and being a housewife is not our highest calling. I'm not saying that it's not a worthy calling, but sometimes it is not our highest calling. And just as our husbands can go out into the world and try to make our communities and our country and our world a better place, sometimes God wants women to make an individual contribution. And so that's what I I want to impart to the audience today and why Justice Ginsburg means so much to me. Um, She laid the groundwork for people like me to be practicing law today. And I have clients of all ethnicities, creeds, and religions, both recognized genders and genders that are not recognized. And it's my job to advocate to the best of my ability their position in disputes. And it's important that people with all kinds of historical backgrounds coming from different communities, coming from different social economic levels, different races, coming from different parts of the world, to be able to articulate on behalf of individuals who want to hire that person as their advocate. And that's what I really, really appreciate or why I appreciate Justice Ginsburg so much. She fought hard in her youth. And um, as she matured, she was on the uh, court's appeals and she ultimately got onto the highest court in the land. I'm just sad that her passing is creating this chasm in our legal community about who and when she should be replaced. I'm going to leave that discussion for another day. Today, I just want to celebrate her life because um, if you really want to get a a taste of her, there's this great movie uh, that was um, uh, directed by Mimi Lear and it's called um, On the Basis of Sex. And it is a biography of Justice Ginsburg, and I, it's currently on pay-for-view channels right now. I watched it um, the other night again for the 10th time, and it was what's so fascinating about it, it's about her relationship with her husband, who she absolutely adored and who absolutely adored her, and about her relationship with her daughter, who's my age, and it just brought back memories of the the fights I used to have with my mom as I became of age and wanted my independence. And then it, it showed how she helped. She resolved her relationship with her daughter and went on to work for the ACLU. And her first gender case, discrimination case, she represented a man who was being discriminated against based on his gender and ultimately won that case. So I would urge people who would like to get to know Justice Ginsburg a little bit better, uh, that, that movie on the basis of sex by Mimi Leader uh, in 1918. Uh, it was produced, I believe. Check that out. So I'm going to leave this discussion here for now um, because, as always, in closing here on Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law. And sometimes the right side of the law 
is taking an approach that's different from what has gone on before. So just as I consider Thurgood Marshall to be a beacon of, uh, of, of, of legal genius, uh, bringing black folks to the fore, I want to do a big hat tip to the late Justice uh, Ginsburg on her departing and thank her for her wonderful life and how she has inspired me to be the best lawyer I can be. So until next time, keep those masks on, keep your social distancing, wash your hands. I want you to be around for next week's show. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 